Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. We've been talking about things that we need to grow. Someone said, hey, I like it when you sit on the stool on Sunday. So I think I'll sit down again. Talking about things that we need to grow. We first talked about we need to abide and remain in God's word in order to grow. So I think that's necessary. We need to know, we need to know his word. Uh, last week we looked at not only reading his word, but but writing down what it is that it's saying to us, journaling through our thoughts. What does it say to us internally? And then also, what is it telling us that we need to do with it when we leave and making it external? So what is it saying to us on the inside? What do we need? How do we need to live that out? We need to uh, put it into action, apply it to our life. And then today we want to talk about we need to be people who pray. I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, we need to be people who pray. And we pray, we pray when we come to church. I know sometimes we, uh, we pray when we eat. A lot of times you see that people praying over eating. So I have just this, this little funny video just to challenge just a little bit and kind of encourage us as it comes to prayer when it comes to food. Check this out. Yeah. 
all over the world. Please pray when your waiter is not there. There's nothing worse than a waiter coming out with two full arms of the Judas and you're over there mid prayer with Jabez. Like, what are you doing? Last but certainly not least, who at the table volunteers to lead the prayer? Lots of people say the man should lead the prayer. Why is that? I'm not sure. 2018, maybe you should get that little adjusted at some point in the near future. A lot of people operate under the most spiritual person at the table. They're going to be the one that you pray to because that prayer is going to be the most powerful and effective. So God obviously a pastor, a missionary, even a Christian blogger of sorts, <laughs> even a volunteer youth pastor. That prayer is going to be a little less effective than <laughs> yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> so on a serious note, when do you pray for the salad? Have you ever prayed and then like when they bring the entree out, it's like, should we pray again? No, we've already prayed. But I thought that was just kind of fun just to take a look at that. But I wanted to talk with you uh, this morning about prayer, obviously. And I think that um, we need to be people who pray alone. And we need to be people who pray with others. I think that's important. Uh, we need to be people who pray, obviously, for ourselves. I think it's okay. It's okay. Listen, I want to give you freedom to pray for yourself. Pray for the needs that you have in your life. But then also, we need to be people who pray for others. So we're going to walk through that today. We're going to actually use the word pray. So last week, I did... I did some slides, and some people like that. They like the slides. It helped them stay connected. They were, they were visual learners. It helped them stay connected. And so here's another pastoral trick. We're going to use an acrostic today. We'll use the word pray, okay, to walk through some points about prayer, just so you can follow along. So if you have a bulletin, take out your bulletin. You can write, like, down on the left-hand side of the note section, P-R-A-Y, from the top down to the bottom. And, and, and then you can decide, like, how much room am I going to need for each one of these letters? Maybe you're anxious about that. You don't know for sure. Just make it even. I think you'll be okay. Or you don't have to take notes at all. Whatever you want to do. I believe that prayer is most powerful when we pray together. I think there's something about Two or more coming together. Scripture talks about that. God is present when two or more come together in his name. And when we pray together, because when you're hearing somebody else pray and you're thinking, Man, I didn't even think about praying for that. Like this prayer that, that uh, the Gallagher sent me, powerful words. That I, I, those were not my words. They were their words. And so when we're praying together, we agree with one another in prayer. You might hear something that kind of sparks something inside of you and causes a fire to start to burn in your own heart. And you begin to pray along the same line or maybe get a different thought that God has given you. And you kind of throw that in there too. And it becomes a beautiful recipe for blessing. So there's power when we pray together. If you look in the book of Acts chapter 2, just if you have your Bible with you, just turn to the book of Acts. Very uh, beginning part of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Romans. Look at the book of Acts. Look at Acts chapter 2. Prayer is foundational, has been since the very beginning of the church. In Acts chapter 2, 
Look at verse 42. And so the subtitle, subheading for in, in my particular Bible, I don't know what it says in yours, but mine says a generous and growing church. A generous and growing church. They were generous to one another. They loved one another. They were devoted to one another. And listen to what it says. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the fellowship, like to one another. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, eating together, sharing the Lord's Supper together. They devoted themselves, and they devoted themselves to prayer. That's the foundation of the early church, and I believe it is still the foundation of the church today, that they are devoted to prayer. And, and you just have to know, like, how devoted do you want someone to be to prayer? Well, when you ask them to pray for you, you want them to be devoted to it. <laughs> and you want them to be devoted to it, not later, but you would love for them to be devoted to it right then. And so you've heard me say this before because I was trained this way, and I think it's just important to, to, um, to try to model this whenever we can, whenever the situation is right. But when someone says, hey, you know, I just really need you to be praying for me, i got this thing going on. Pray if you can right then. Don't wait till later because there might not be a later or you'll probably forget later. So if someone says, hey, I just really going through a tough time and then look around and say, is there an opportunity, you know, if the guy's not out with the fajitas in his arms, can you pray right then? So the other day we were at um, Texas Roadhouse and we had just came from, we had just came from a, a a visit to a, to a college where it's a, it's a ministry college and we were there. We listened to a former student of mine in our youth ministry back at the Baptist Church. We listened to him teach a class on personal evangelism and discipleship. It was really awesome to be there listening to Eric Odegaard teach. And he was talking about, he was talking about prayer and how we should pray. And, and he, you know, he talked about how it's important not to, to pray just to be seen and heard by others to get attention to yourself. And so I was like, whoa, you know, that's, that's a challenge for me sometimes because I mean, here I am, the lights are on me, and if I'm going to pray, people are going to see it. So I, I think that's a little bit different. I think he's really testing, like, where is your heart when it comes to the prayer that you're offering? Is it so to get noticed, to say, oh, look at me, what a great prayer, or is it to really bless the other person? So we were there at this restaurant, and there was a young lady that was, uh, came to the youth ministry at the Vineyard Church where I was there for a little while. Her name is Megan, and Megan walked by and said, like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you for so long. She, she hugged me, and then she went off to do her thing. Well, later she came, and she plopped down next to me, sit down. She goes, I need you to pray for my grandma. She's really sick. She's not doing very good. And I was thinking about what Eric was talking about. I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to do this. So that I didn't, like, It's not like I stood up at the restaurant and said, hey, everybody, I'm going to pray. Everybody, listen to me pray. You know how it was somebody's birthday at Texas Roadhouse? Hey, everybody, guess what? It's so-and-so's birthday. And then she's going to get on the saddle. And she's going to go, yee-haw. You know, have you ever done that? Have you ever been there? No? You're missing out. Right here? Yeah. I know some people are like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get on there. But it's not, it's not like I announced it to everybody. But I'm like, hey, sit down next to me. And she sit down. And right there at our table, we prayed. Because I thought it was the right time and it's the right thing to do. And it was power when we agree in prayer together. So the early church was devoted to it. It was the foundation of the church was, was prayer. Billy Graham, very famous, obviously, evangelist, says prayer 
is your lifeline to God. Prayer is your lifeline to God. Prayer is communication. And it's a two-way communication. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Prayer is a, communic- it's a two-way communication between the creator of the universe and the one that he has created. And that's you. And you have the opportunity and the ability to pray anytime, anywhere with him. Anytime, anywhere. Like it doesn't have, you don't have to wait to a, a specific time to do that. In scripture it says pray continually. Just continually. So let's look at P, okay? So this is the first word, first letter in the, um, and pray, and it's praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving. So I, uh, I wanted some group participation here today, class participation. Some of you love this, some of you don't. I need two volunteers to read for me, but you need to be, obviously you need to know how to read, and you need to be willing to read with a little bit of passion, all right? Like, if you're just going to be boring, don't even come up here. But if you're like, I can do this, I can read, and I like to read with passion, this is God's word, and so I need someone to come up here, I'm going to give them a sheet, all right, so you didn't get a chance to, to, to look over this, I understand that, but I'm going to hand this microphone to you, you can do it right down here in front, I need someone to read for me, read Psalm 138. Don't wait. We don't have all day. All right. Chiefs don't play till seven. I get it, but we're not going to be here that long. All right. That's awesome. I was hoping my daughter would be willing to do this. This is my daughter, Bailey. Everybody say hi, Bailey. Bailey is my. That's right. Yeah. You got it. Is it on now? Okay. Bailey, by the way, her and her husband, Mitch, lead the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at West Platte High School, and they're killing it over there. Kids are coming. And many kids are coming. And so they'll be here Sunday night, right? Next Sunday night. So you want to come and be a part of it. So, all right, read Psalm 138. I will, give, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before he- the heavenly beings. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called you, you answered me. You increased strength within me. All the, king, all the kings on earth will give you thanks, Lord, when they hear what you have promised. They will sing of the Lord's ways, for the Lord's glory is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the humble, but he knows the haughty from a distance. If I walk into the thick of danger, you will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand, your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill his, prop, his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful loves endure forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Amen. Thank you. Praise and thanksgiving. Did you see it? The praise and thanksgiving in that psalm? I hope you did because it's all over that psalm. And this is a psalm of David. David wrote a lot of the psalms. He's praising the Lord. He's thanking the Lord. He is um, he's asking the Lord or he's, he's, he's telling the Lord that, you know, I called to you. you. You answered me. You increased strength within me. Because one of the things is about prayer. Prayer and praise is powerful. If you need power in your life, if you need more power, you need to, to get through whatever it is that you're going through, then I encourage you to pray and I encourage you to praise. And I encourage you to thank God for what you're going through in your life, even if it's really, really hard. There's power in thanksgiving. And it's all throughout Scripture. There's so many times where he's saying, give thanks. Do not be anxious about anything, it says in Scripture. But through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Praise him. Present his, your request to him. And be thankful. It's powerful. 
You see where it says, on the day I called to you, you answered me. You increased strength within me. Are you weak this morning? Is there something going on that's causing you to feel weak? Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's a spiritual thing. You don't don't understand. Why do I feel this way? What's going on? Why am I so discouraged? On the day I called to you, you answered me, it says. And it says you increase strength within me. A guy named Billy Sunday. Anybody ever heard of Billy Sunday? Billy Sunday, I didn't realize this, was a major league baseball player. He was really known for the fact that he's super fast. He wasn't a great hitter, wasn't necessarily a great fielder, but he was so fast that teams wanted him because he could steal bases like nobody's business. It's quite a story. Billy Sunday, though he was a professional baseball player, came to Christ in the late 1800s and changed his life forever. And he started running hard for the Lord. He started preaching these evangelistic meetings and they, they had tents. And then one, one time his tent got blown over and destroyed. So they started building tabernacles out of wood in these cities. And he'd go and he'd preach these massive, massive um, engagements. And people would come and many people would come to faith in Christ. And Billy Sunday was quoted to have said, If you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to power. You never experience power unless you become very committed and devoted to prayer. Later on in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says when they, had, they were all gathered, all the believers, and they had prayed, it says the place was shaken, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Don't you long for that? I'll tell you what, as a pastor, I do. The other night, we went to the Hillsong concert down at the Midland Theater. Have you ever been to the Midland Theater? It's beautiful in there. It's incredible, incredible dome ceiling with this massive chandelier. And I kept thinking, man, if that thing falls, people are going to (laughs) die. And then they started jumping up in the balcony. I was like, if this thing falls, we're all going to die. And I was like, please don't jump too hard. (laughs) But we were there. We were at this concert. And it was amazing. Of course, I know. I mean, they got more musicians and light show. And you're in this theater. It's at night or whatever. But people were filled with the Holy Spirit. People were, were passionate about Jesus, singing his name. They were speaking the word of God boldly. And I don't know if they did when they left that place, but man, while they were there, it was unbelievable. And Tony and I talked like, sometimes it's kind of a letdown because it's not always like that in other settings. And we come and it's not the same. But yet it says, when they had prayed, the place was sh- started to shake. Have you ever prayed that hard about anything in your life? Maybe, my thought is, is maybe there are times where God needs to shake you in order to get you to pray. Maybe that's it. Maybe we need to be shaken to where we can't do anything else but pray. had those moments in my life. I was kind of reminded of those moments last yesterday. Yesterday I went to my uh, reunion of employees of American Airlines, the people I used to work with back in 88 to 98. There's hundreds, hundred people there. It was an incredible time. 
it was an incredible time because I was reminded of a lot of firsts in my life. A lot of firsts. And I was reminded also of some really hurtful times in my life where my life was shaken and I had to pray. So I was there with all these people I used to work with. It was a really neat time. I saw a gentleman, his name was Gamal. Gamal was my supervisor. Gamal's two boys in his house were the first two boys I led to Christ. And I was reminded of that first experience with that. Uh, Then I saw this sweet little lady named Judy. Judy, her last name's Klein. And Judy's husband passed away three years ago. His name was Harry. Harry worked with me at American Airlines. And uh, Harry's grandson died as an infant. And it was the very first funeral that I ever did. Talk about being shaken to pray. I was like, Lord, I did not sign up for this. (laughs) I'm a youth pastor. I'm out and doing pizza, please. Baby funerals? No, thank you. But I did it. And all these years later, Judy, with tears in her eyes, held my hands and thanked me for walking with her family through that. Shaken to pray. And then the very first wedding that I ever did back in 1998 was a couple that were there last night. Reminded of my first. Now, I did meet my first wife while I was there. (laughs) And unfortunately, experienced my first divorce too. So there's not not always great. (laughs) There's some hard things you have to go through too. But my point is, have you ever been shaken to the place where you need to pray, where you pray so hard that God shakes the earth around you? Listen, our world is not going to change until Christians start praying that way. Let me just tell you. And if you don't believe that, then you're not hearing what I'm saying today. And until we are willing to pray that way for one another, for what's going on in your own life, you're never going to see change. Not change that will last. Not change that will last. R. When we pray, when we praise and we're thankful to God, when we look to God, the very next thing that happens is it causes us to come to a place where we need to repent. We need to repent. Because you can't be before a holy God without him exposing what is unholy in your life. And so I I need another volunteer to come up and read. We're running out of time, so get up here. Oh, here, here we go. We got, thank you. Awesome. High school student. Very good. Getting over a cold, so I'm sorry if my voice cracks. <laughs> it's okay. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Completely wash out my, wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will whiter this... I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed me rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Amen. Psalm 51. 
It's a psalm of repentance, a psalm of confession when David was caught in adultery with Bathsheba. Prayer is necessary for salvation. Until we realize we have sin that we need to confess and turn away from, we don't know that we have a Savior that we need to look to. And and prayer brings us to that place. It's when we call on the name of the Lord to be saved, we experience salvation. And you must have that moment when you confess Christ as Lord with your mouth in prayer. And when you confess Christ as Lord, it's a one and done transaction. He saves you from your sin. He blots out your iniquity. He says, cleanse me with hyssop and make me clean. But prayer is also necessary for sanctification. So there might be a time when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and we're saved, but then there's this ongoing, ongoing working between us and the Lord. Times when he's cleaning up things in our life, things he's getting rid of, things he's dealing with in our life. Because confession of sin is a process of transformation. It's a process that you're going through. He's bringing up stuff. And when we praise and when we thank him, he begins to reveal things. It's like, I need you. I need you to deal with this, Brady. I need it to be gone. And last night as I'm around all those people, I was reminded of sin of my past. But I was also reminded of the beauty of my future. Because of what God has done in me. And what he's continually doing in me. And prayer brings that about. A. Ask. Ask for you. And ask for others. Matthew chapter 7. Turn there if you have your Bible. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is still teaching. And he shares with them some thoughts on prayer. He said, ask. This is Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7, okay, 7-7, seven, seven, Matthew 7-7. Seven, seven. Now I want you to be thinking about asking for yourself, but also asking for others. Now asking for others is what we call intercession when we're praying for other people. I was driving down the road uh, last night, and I was, I was thinking about my daughter's who have yet to marry. Like my oldest daughter's married. She found a good one. She found a keeper. Um, And I'm praying for my daughter specifically. I'm asking for the Lord. Bring someone into their life that can care for them. And walk with them and lead them and guide them and be who you've called them to be. I was praying that specifically. That's what I want for my daughters. So think about, when we think about this scripture, think about asking for yourself, asking for others. So verse 7, Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's what prayer is. is We're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, 
Also do the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. God who knows what you need. He's a good father. He's a good giver. He knows what we need. And he wants us to ask. He wants us to seek him. And he wants us to keep knocking until the door is opened. And if it's good for you, if it's what he wants for you, and as you're praying these things for other people, we're seeking, you know, we're asking, seeking, knocking for others in an intercession. You know, in, in Luke it says in this particular passage, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit? And I was thinking about this the other day. We don't talk probably enough about the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is the one who prompts you to pray, who helps you listen to the Lord when you pray. And he's there to be an intercessor between God and us. And he's there to, uh, to help guide us. But he gives us the Holy Spirit because he wants to walk with us. He wants us to ask for the things that we need in our life. Why? As we finish up our time together. Yield. Why is the yield? We see it in Jonah's prayer. We looked at the book of Jonah the last few weeks. We see it in his prayer. He's in the belly of a fish. And listen to what he says. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you the voice of thanksgiving. There's the thanksgiving again. In the belly of a whale. <laughs> He's thinking or a fish, whatever it was. He says, I will fulfill... What I have vowed, salvation belongs to the Lord. I will fulfill what I have vowed. I, I will yield, Lord, to you, whatever it is that you've called me to do, and I will fulfill it. And in this particular case, and like I said before about being shaken, affliction usually drives us to our knees and leads us to a deeper affection for the Lord. Affliction drives us to our knees and leads to a greater affection to the Lord. Where we get to the place, we're willing to yield and say, yes, Lord. Like Jesus said when he was praying in the garden, he said, not my will, but yet your will be done. That's a place of yielding. Where you're saying, it's not about me any longer. It's about what you want for me and what you want to do through me. And that comes through prayer. And so when you pray, just don't talk. You need to listen. And listen and be obedient to whatever it is he's asking you to do next. When you hear it, go and do it. And see the blessing that comes as a result of that. I'm going to have the worship team go ahead and come on up. I believe that when we pray and when we listen to the Lord, when we ask the Lord to speak to us, it opens up a door. And not only opens up a door to blessing and, and our obedience, but it opens up a door to what we would call the prophetic. Where you would begin to hear something on behalf of someone else. And you don't have no, have no idea how many times in my life where someone's heard a word from the Lord in prayer and they've come to me and say, Brady, I've got a word for you from the Lord. Now you have to test those things out, make sure they're good, make sure they line up with Scripture, but they have every single time. And it's come true because someone was listening to the Lord and they prayed and they asked God, God, what do you, what do you want and what are you doing in Brady's life? Or well, maybe it's just out of the blue. They say, you know, go and share this word with Brady. Some of you have that gift to be able to hear on behalf of other people. Brady has that gift. 
And when you hear from the Lord, being able to share that with someone else, okay? And, and I, think it's, I think it's important to um, maybe when you hear, like share it with someone else, say, hey, I'm getting this word. What do you think about this? you think this is good? Okay? I'm not saying it should get messy and people just start shouting all kind of random things. But, but when you pray, when you listen, God begins to speak and he gives you certain things for other people. Like, there'll be times where I'll just be going down the road and someone will pop into my mind and I'll just send them a text message. Man, I can't believe you just sent me that. I'm really struggling right now. Or that was perfect timing, you know. And so that's something very important for you to understand is that that's what prayer does when we open ourselves up. Now, so I know Brady's got something he's going to share real quick. All right. And so, but when he's done, here's the thing. We're not going to leave. You don't have to leave today if you need prayer, okay. It wouldn't be silly to talk about prayer if we don't actually do it. That'd be silly, right? And so if you need prayer for anything this morning, you say, man, I just need someone to pray. Maybe a particular area here, you're like, I need to be better at this or whatever. Maybe it is that you need to pray the prayer that leads to salvation because you've never fully confessed Christ as your Lord. Do not leave here today. Do not leave here today until you do that. For we don't know about tomorrow. Just like Judy don't know about tomorrow. And so Brady, go ahead and share. When Brady's done, uh, come and pray. Well, this is, this is real quick, but in agreement with Brady is preaching. Um, hello? Okay. In agreement with what Brady's preaching, as he's been preaching this whole time, I feel like the Lord has prompted my spirit to invite. Uh, so if you need prayer for healing, either relational Emotional or physical healing. If you need prayer today for relational, emotional, or physical healing, whether you're an individual, whether you're a couple, or whether you're a family, I want to invite you to come forward. In fact, Jean Renulette and Randy, I think I'm supposed to ask you two to come up and pray with me. Would you guys please come up here and join me as we pray over whoever wants to come? And I don't know how many of you there will be. If, if there are, then just kind of form a line right here. But the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to support this teaching that was just given today. So if you're here, and again, if you need prayer for healing, whether that's physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, whether you're an individual or whether you're a couple or whether you're a family, I would invite you to come up. The Lord is powerful. The Lord heals. Last Saturday, Carrie and I went to her grandma and grandpa's. They're 90, and they still live alone together, right behind where the test horse used to live. And grandma's eye, uh, we brought him supper. Grandma's eye was so swollen up, she looked like a boxer had poked her in the eye. And she was in pain, and her eye was watering, and she couldn't get up to eat. And we said, well, grandma, would you like us to pray over your eye? And she said, yes, she's an old woman of faith, many, many years, her entire life. And so we just put our hand on her head and we prayed for her. And literally within two minutes, that eye was open, the pain was gone, and the swelling was gone. Her, her left eye looked just like her right eye. And we said, Grandma, does your eye still hurt? And she said, nope. And she got up and went to the table and ate her supper. God is powerful. He wants to heal you. If it's your physical health or your relationship or just your emotional well-being just come on up answer his call amen
Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.